Oh, my bottom, oh, my top, greedies, don't you ever stop. Well, sure, when it's time to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for the thief of the cobbler, 1993. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master attack interrupter powers. To please the captain, beloved by all, commence this podcast. In short, play ball! (laughs) Also for this discussion of the film, The Thief and the Cobbler, we welcome back aboard ship's historian, Drew Dodgen. Welcome, Drew. I wish I could have thought up a rhyme to introduce myself, but unfortunately, we're just going to go with this. You should have said, but I didn't have the time. Come on. It's right <laughs> there. It right to itself. But, but that didn't rhyme with myself. It rhymes with time. I wish I didn't I, say time. I, I mean, it, it, it rhymes with rhyme. Wow. Oh my. <laughs> unfortunately, I did come up with the rhyme because I didn't have the time. It's right there. <laughs> The palm of your hand. Anyway, to the, the fruit. So you're saying it's like the power of the sun. <laughs> yes, Icarus. Yes. In addition, in addition to the non-rhyming Drew, uh, we are glad to have back aboard co-host of the Cellcast, Jacob Heron. Hey, Jacob. What's up, guys? Hey, I'm just I'm trying to steal these massive orbs. Can you help me out in some way? No. Uh, sure, if you can rhyme. But <laughs> apparently, you can't. <laughs> We don't want Sauron to, to, to attack the Golden City. I'm sorry. That's no. true. Oh, oh, good point. Good but, point. But they're worth a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a man. You're just in a hurry wow. to get to Disney World, aren't you? Pretty much. <laughs> well, I'm in a hurry to get to our episodes. So now, that they, now that you have a quick flyby of who, who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Thief and the Cobbler? All right, Thief and the Cobbler, also known as Arabian Nights. And Arabian Nights was released 1942. Dang it, Paul! It was directed by John stop, Warland. Stop, yeah? stop, 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 stop. What? The animated Arabian... Oh, the animated. Yeah, the okay. animated one. Oh, you mean the princess and the cobbler. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Scooby-Doo and the Arabian Nights oh came gosh. out in 1994. Great. That's and, my movie. Yeah, runs an hour and nine minutes. It was directed by June Falkenstein. Is written by Gordon Kent and Glenn Leopold. It stars Don Messick, Casey Kasem, and Greg Bursum. Oh, you know, the original, original Paul, cast. Paul, yeah. Paul. No, we want Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Come on. Oh, okay. You must Arabian be talking about the Arabian ways. Also known as The Thief and the Cobbler. It was released yes, September 23rd, 1993 in Australia. It, was, it runs an hour and 30 minutes and is rated G. It was directed by Richard Williams and written by him along with Margaret French and Parker Bennett. With lead voice actors being Vincent Price, Matthew Broderick, and Jennifer Beals. The music was composed by David Burnham, David Cullen, Robert Folk, and Peter Shade. Mm. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Drew and Jacob, are you ready? Sure. Yep. 
And All right. uh, everyone watching live, feel free to guess as well. Go for it, Paul. Because of the history and the conflicting reports, The Thief and the Cobbler was made somewhere between $30 million and $60 million oh, okay. and earned almost 700000 at the box office. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> if, if they had a... Per- <laughs> Just the advertisement alone for this movie, they spent over $30 million on. And they oh got less than... Gosh. <laughs> Jeez. So given this and the fact that this it was all re- sounds like a poor investment. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> given that all right, the fact investment, but still that it was released theatrically in nineteen ninety three. How high in the box office do you think it ranks among the other movies released theatrically in nineteen ninety-three? And by the way, I will make a caveat. Apparently this was released in the US in ninety five, yes. but go yes. let's go ahead with the ninety three since you already looked that up. All right. Okay, um, so... Well, it was released theatrically in 95? I believe so, yes. When I Oh, interesting. I was going another for, one of those conflicting reports things, because I saw... Yeah, could be. The year I saw was 94. Yeah. anything. <sighs> Jeez, okay, and then go figure. It's this all is all not... Map. Yeah, yeah, It doesn't it matter. I already know what the answer is as soon as you give me what my upper limit is. All right, the upper limit is 300. 300 is where <laughs> I'm placing it. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, uh, Drew, what's your guess? 300. 300. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, how about you? And it's not Sparta. <laughs> oh, wow. Jacob, how about your guess? Uh, 394. You're talking lower than 300. 294, you mean. You mean okay, 294? Yeah, 294. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever. I don't have enough space for these high numbers. Uh, let's see. <laughs> In chat, Stacey guesses 200. Ashley guesses 299. Uh, I'm going to be very charitable and say 200. So there, like, was like Stacy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Paul, what was the final, the final number? All right. This is interesting because, um, the, the largest I could find, uh, of all the lists out there, they don't, they don't do the whole thing. They have, they have a limit. And their lim- the largest limit I could find was 200, and it didn't even make that. So, <laughs> because that, that was over a million dollars by itself. So, anyone who guessed over 200, sorry, Captain wins. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Coffin RPGs must have really won because they said over 9,000. What? 9,000? Yeah. Yep. It was yeah, over 9,000. So it it right, didn't well. make anybody's list that i could find online then, good job to everyone but me and stacy who guessed 200 <laughs> considering i never even remember this being uh advertised at all from that no. time period right i think i but, vaguely remember seeing your commercial vaguely but thank you for those factoids paul and let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion which we'll get into once alice is located our target film Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. For the magic of Aladdin, way before the birth of Alibaba, there was the first Arabian night. What is your name? I'm Tap. Now, from the Academy Award-winning animator of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, comes an extraordinary story you never knew. About a hero you'll never forget. Arabian Night, rated G. Starts Friday, August 25th. 
There's some lies in that. A <laughs> hero will will never forget. Well, you know, sometimes memories are a thing we forget. Forget. In fact, we have no memories for this because I think this was the first time all of us had watched this film. Is that correct? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. yes. The yeah, only okay. time I had seen anything about this before was on a review on YouTube about the movie. So. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. So why so, are we reviewing this, for instance? So this None was of us a seen it. this was a patron pick. So, uh, Mr. Lost, thank you so much for uh, being a patron and picking this movie. Um, if uh, hopefully uh, you continue to be a patron after this. Re- wow. No, no giving away your final <laughs> review there. <laughs> but anyone who's listened to this would probably guess before we even start hey, any episode hey, what your hey, review hey, is going to be. There no, may be no, some opinions. No giving away. No giving away the the the. The, the attack. I don't know. Anyway, ow, <laughs> wow. So even though that commercial didn't uh, trigger any memories for us, I'm sure it did for uh, maybe uh, Mr. Lost or anyone else who has seen this before. Uh, and uh, we are now going to get into the things that we predicted this movie would be before we watched it, even though we hadn't seen it before, our predictions of classic, nostalgic, or tragic. Let's start with Jacob this time. What was your prediction? Tragic. Tragic? No, tragic, the the idea that, like, going basically off the, the cover and what I've seen, I was like, this doesn't look like a very good film at okay. all. Mm-hmm. So they're going to never seen a trailer. I think I mm-hmm. saw a trailer once when I was a kid, but other than that, it's like, this doesn't look like a good film at all. So okay. tragic. All right. Drew, how about you? I also predicted tragic based mm. on what I remembered of that YouTube review I saw many years ago and the stories that it story it told about how uh, its, create, its director was uh, treated, considering this was supposed to be his magnum opus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he got fired from it at like almost the last minute. And then it was completed without him. So yeah. I figured they would screw it up and it would be tragic. Mm, got it. How about you, Paul? Well, I had actually heard of this movie before. I could give you a little bit of background here. When I was in college around the year 2000, give or take, actually about a year before that. In the was year an NM- 2000. Thank you, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in, I was taking animation classes and this uh story of this film directed mm-hmm. by um richard williams. richard williams um was known throughout the animation the animators and the animation field like really it's one wow. of those where it's like he worked on it for 30 years and then uh-huh. like he had these deals and mm-hmm. they fell through and this is what happens when you get involved kind of thing with <laughs> with with the corporate or it can happen kind uh-huh. of a thing but um from that regard, uh, I thought it would be uh, a classic, but I had no idea that it was the same film that I remember seeing previews for a few years back because oh, really? it was a different title. Oh, yeah. Um, that looked like it was a knockoff of Aladdin that belonged in the dollar bin by one of those <laughs> other, you know, those those videos that try to trick parents to buy the yes. knockoff for their kids? Transmorphers. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. The Snow Queen. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It looked like one of those. And so that looked like a tragic, but I had not seen any of them, so I combined them and put. In, I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of the same for me. I didn't really know much about this. I think I had seen something about it from a YouTube uh, video, 
And I thought, you know what, maybe it's it could be good. I have no idea. I didn't know what to expect. So I just gave it the benefit of the doubt with nostalgic, just middle of the road. And it'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out. But first, let's get into the things we liked most about The Thief and the Cobbler, also known as Arabian Night. Let's kick up our... Best three. Best three. And let's start with our guests. Uh, let's go with Drew first. What was one thing you actually liked? What was one thing you liked about The Thief <laughs> and the Cobbler? This is going to sound odd because I know this was not in the in Richard Williams' original version, but uh-huh. I actually loved the thief's inner monologue throughout the movie. I thought it was some of the funniest bits mm-hmm. throughout yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. In many cases where the story seemed to drag this light, lightened it up, livened it up, it gave me something to kind of look forward to even when the story was, well, it's very obvious the source material uh, was going in a more silent and visual direction. And I just, for, uh, to be clear, I also watched the recobbled cut also, oh, yeah. which is the fan edit that is supposed to bring it as close to the original version as we can probably get it to or what was envisioned. Uh-huh. And I fell asleep during the recobbled cut. Oh, oh long. Wait, and, so did you watch I, that one first or watch the. No, I watched the Miramax, the, the okay, okay, okay. one Thank first. You. Yeah, and then I watched the recobbled cut because I wanted to. I wanted to see what the difference was. Yeah, and yeah. the recobbled cut was a little boring. <laughs> okay, and honestly, the and I compared it. I realized the thief's monologue mm-hmm. was probably the part that I enjoyed the most. Oh, uh, really? between the two versions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Versions. Jonathan Winters. I will say, that. yeah, Jonathan Winters was the voice yes. actor they got for this. I thought he did good. For for what he was given. And I'm convinced he must have been uh uh oh shoot, what's the word? Uh Drunk. he was making all of these lines up as he was just watching. There's oh, ad no His ad yeah. yeah. I yeah. was that wasn't the word, but that's close enough. Uh I was um, I'm half expecting he ad- must have like nine improv. That is the word I'm looking for. Ah. But I, I I feel he must have improv like those entire lines just watching what was going on and uh-huh. having a blast doing it. But that is one of the brighter spots of, I think, the Miramax version. But so yeah. that really that In part, I'll, I'll comment that that actually took me out a lot. I was very confused. I think the biggest confusion was like, why is this so much of just an inner monologue? Why is he not? I didn't realize that, that this that him and Tack were supposed to be silent characters. And so yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. why does his mouth never move? Why are flies around him the whole time? I, so I, a, I, he does say a line at the beginning. I think it was, um, I think it was Matthew Broderick who said, "Here's somebody who who never speaks but always thinks a lot." And yeah, that mm-hmm. is, which, it, which oh, does make you wonder how Matthew Broderick knew that. Oh, I missed that. I guess. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah, but, it's the only explanation as to why he doesn't speak. Gotcha. But so in reality, yeah, neither character was supposed to speak until the, like the yeah. very end when uh, Tack actually has a line. Mm. He says, I love you. Spoilers. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. So I didn't care for that. Sounds like James Earl Jones for some reason. Yeah, it's very deep. But I'm I'm glad that you liked it, Drew. That's awesome. Uh, Jacob, what's something you enjoyed? Was it uh, was it the the John Winter's inner monologue or some or something else? I was more drawn to the epic animation style in this movie. It was so Uh, uh, brilliant. uh. I see what you I, did there. You were drawn to it. Yes, I was absolutely <laughs> drawn to it. It, it. it painted with a very broad stroke and just it, <laughs> oh, it drew, it drew my me into the story with the art. <laughs> with the art, it was just 
be like be, being a visual artist myself i love when they go into this be like the the depth of field goes this very broad and your ca character's movement be like i think in the the animation process the director himself was so meticulous of how the animation mm -hmm. had to be done and mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. fluid and how smooth everything had to be and he was mm -hmm. like uh, like a like a taskmaster with everything it had to be right had to be correct mm -hmm. that's why mm -hmm. this movie took so long to do as far as i understand yeah mm. and this is like it was just like watching it for the first time like oh my gosh where have you been my entire life <laughs> oh wow that's cool yeah i i will say to add on to that something i liked what i was the the detail in the backgrounds was just mm -hmm. so oh, yeah so oh, yeah. high like there's so much detail especially yes. in like the 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 baghdad city yeah really really high yeah. high detail so i really like that as well uh, Paul, what's something you enjoyed? I also, for my first one, are the backgrounds, the the mm -hmm. detailed backgrounds. Now, mm -hmm. not all the backgrounds, because some of them got confusing and un a little bit unnecessarily so, in my opinion. Yes. But yeah. uh, but the the detailed ones, yeah, mm -hmm. those were really cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome, uh, especially like the chase scene, the MC Escher one that almost causes like a seizure attack. Oh <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was, I was kind of, I was maybe talking more about that here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, maybe. yeah, yeah. All right, we'll skip it later. <laughs> <laughs> but what's something you wouldn't have skipped in this movie, Paul? I want to just go back to you, go in reverse uh, order. Besides let's the say. backgrounds, my yeah. next like is the animation. Some of the oh, okay. animation in this is incredible. Like hmm. when, um. Like the destruction of like One Eye's machine at the oh, end, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. to know that was done around 1980 before computers, and so it was so smooth and every it, it is something that people really hadn't seen that much before. You can see a little bit of it in some of like I remember the Tom and Jerry cartoons way back mm -hmm. when, chasing down the hall. It seems like some of those are like would be computer generated, but uh, some of the animation in this is so incredible. Mm. Got it. Uh, Jacob, you had mentioned the you really liked the art and like, where was this your whole life? W was the animation something that made your like list as well? Or did something else uh, pique your uh, your delight? Hmm. So uh, isn't like a second like? Yes, yes exactly. What, okay. AKA, what's your second like? <laughs> That's what I thought. That's, what I That's thought. a horrible segue. What? All right. Thanks for bringing attention to it, Jacob. Fine. All right. Find it. Fine, I'll leave. Right. No, no, no. Uh, my second like would actually be uh, Zigzag of all characters. Mm. The, uh, his design, the fact that he was voiced by the late Vincent Price. And it was just more like, whoa. Okay. Like, one, I, my first watching this film, I'm like, well, I'll get into that later. But uh, the idea, his his character, his motivations, is his voice the way Vincent Price does that voice? Yeah, yes. yes. It was yeah. so just like so villainy. It's just like I was like, okay, there's the villain I like. Yeah, uh -huh. like the uh -huh. last episode we episode me and Drew reviewed for our podcast, Cast. Yeah, Thumbelina. Our Thumbelina. Our Thumbelina review. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. As of yeah. this recording, it is not I'm, released, but it will be by the time this episode comes out. Oh, so go check that out. <laughs> yes. Good yes. Listener. Um. I, I'm right there with you. I, I more on the Vincent Price side. I thought uh, him as Zigzag was really—he's the most engaging character for me. 
I was really interested in him, though I still don't quite know if I got his overall motivation. Was he working with the One Eyes? Was it uh, like a team up of opportunity? Definitely opportunity. He was work. He he worked for the One Eyes because uh, the the Sultan uh, did not didn't want to give him Princess Yum Yum. Mm -hmm. That's right. So he decided to betray them because his entire goal is to essentially take over the kingdom for unknown reasons yeah yeah okay that's why other, other than the same reason jafar wanted to take over the kingdom he's the yeah. vizier who wants to rule this one's power, power. exactly unlimited power cosmic unlimited power uh paul what's something yeah. else you uh i'm sorry never mind no <laughs> no you can go right into my no, classic no, no. Maker. drew drew <laughs> What's one more thing you liked before we get to our classic makers? Well, since we've been giving Vincent Price so much love in this section, I'll continue. All right. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Vincent. Pr- Vincent Price is probably like the brightest spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Here, here. In, in, in terms of, of, of acting in throughout yes. the entire film. Uh-huh. Uh, I still don't know why he has to rhyme every other line or rhyme every line, but it's he's like one of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love Jonathan Winter's Thief, but. Uh, this you can tell it's very much in the original, uh, create uh, in rich, the original creator's uh, thought process, and you can tell he's got the most of uh, the most thought put into his character, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. really why I I enjoyed. And plus, it's Vincent Stinking Price. He's yeah. got the most iconic voice that's in true. like all horror movies. He's like, if you need a villain, he, slimy villain. You go to him. That's why Disney would come back to him to voice Radigan in The Great Mouse Detective. Just yeah, don't ever call exactly. him a rat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, don't call him ever now. Definitely my second like. Very good. Awesome. <clears throat> well, let's get into the things we love the most about Thief and the Cobbler. Not the Peach Cobbler, like Bobbo's saying. Cobbler as in Shoe Cobbler, Bobbo. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, start off by saying I really enjoyed... The I really like the character design of the One Eyes. It was interesting. Just they looked very villainous. I liked how they're all the same. I thought that was it, it. They felt like this just overwhelming force that no one could stand up against. And I just I thought that was really interesting for the, an animated film like this to see so such a large army. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, which you I don't think you'd even see that in live action of the day. So that was really cool to right. see see all 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 the one eyes uh storming baghdad so that is my classic maker um jacob what did you love the most about this film Ooh, what i love the most about this film uh i i could go on and on about just raving about the art style all right then drew what's the favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) but no be like you uh the the character designs be like they're they're so unique they're so different because you're but like you could go back to like like in the earlier eras where they'll be like the design of the characters were so unique they're different from everything yeah. else going on uh which matches in some ways with the backgrounds and I'll get that back in later mm-hmm. but the design of the characters were just so unique and they they mm-hmm. they kind of they they took you they weren't a realistic character design, but they were so cartoony and whimsical and definitely like they would use the design to kind of accompany the character's personality. I thought that was very mm-hmm. unique. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very cool. 
Uh, before it gets to Drew and Paul, I'm going to break in and say uh, Dale's classic maker was uh, Jonathan Winters as the thief uh, because he was uh, his hero throughout the movie. All right. Thief is your hero, Dale. Interesting. Being <laughs> more but, of very the good hindrance throughout the movie, but sure. <laughs> I mean, we could go either way, way with that. Uh, Drew, what would be the... Well, he, oh. I was about to say, he got the, the golden balls that was so, yes. you know, coveted. <laughs> he also lost him too, Paul. He's, he got him at the end. If he hadn't gotten up there and stolen them, it wouldn't have, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have been an issue. But if he Worst hadn't gotten them out of ever. the machine, they wouldn't have been saved. Sorry, sorry. I had, had a momentary flare-up. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Drew, this, this what's the thing you liked most about this film? I love the surreal art and animation throughout the entire movie, yes. but the two most beautiful spots, like y'all said earlier about uh, you know the destruction of one eye's giant machine, whatever the yes. on Earth mm -hmm. that thing is supposed to be. Yeah. And... Uh, but most especially the chase scene in the when uh, the cobbler is chasing the thief throughout the uh, the palace. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would have been a good short in and of itself, and I would have been happy. Yeah, yeah, it would have it would have made an excellent short. I think it would have been better as 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 a short. I you and, know yeah. what? I think you might but, have something there. But even <laughs> not just that, but I mean, even the uh, the animations the. the the fact that you can tell you've got perspective on like the, the, the lines, but you've got that flat texture on the ground mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, and, and uh, it's, is the animation throughout this is most of the time. There's a couple <laughs> spots where you could tell it was finished quickly and on a much mm -hmm. smaller yes. budget just to get it out. Yes. The door. Oh yeah. But yeah. a lot of the, the original animation in this is really, really beautiful nice and honestly deserves better than it got mm. yeah mm. Okay. it deserved seven hundred and fifty thousand at the box <laughs> i don't mean that i mean it deserved to be finished agree oh yeah and, and, yeah, and that, that way good. i could give a more i better idea as to what maybe the director the original director was going for because when i rewatched the when i watched the recobbled cut i was like this is you need more story here, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later for sure. Yeah. Uh, yes. But before we get into it, Paul, finish this out. What's the thing you loved most about Thief and the Cobbler? Well, I loved Vincent Price's iteration of Zigzag more than any of you oh, because okay. he was my classic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Very fair. Um, anything in particular? Would you say this is your favorite Vincent Price uh uh, voice acting role it's i i for some reason it's been a while and i'm getting older mm -hmm. um so i forget more but i mm -hmm. think i enjoyed this performance more than uh radigan between mm -hmm. if i had to compare the Ooh. two animated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who don't know though who does the grinch is vincent price do the grinch or is that no, no that's, that's uh, the guy who did tony the tiger back yeah in the day. yeah it's boris yeah, i don't remember boris karloff Bor there we go oh, okay Okay, okay, my my bad. No, yeah. Boris Karloff was yeah, no, it was Boris Karloff. No, sorry. No. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll I'll believe you guys. I just couldn't remember, so I I, I have sure. to look at my notes from like back in December when we reviewed that. Right. Certain, but... <laughs> Got I it. think it's Boris Karloff. Okay. Grinch voice 
I, now I'm thinking like I know he did the song. It wasn't Orson Welles. The voice. No, Boris. Wait, Boris. Car- hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I want to get this right. I want to get this right. We want to make sure we get these details right on the movie we did review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Boris Karloff. Okay. Boris Karloff is <laughs> in it. Yes. But I don't yes. Think yes. He's Tony the no. Tiger. No. No. He's the voice. Thurl Ravenscroft Thurl Raven- is yeah. the is the singer. Sorry. Okay. Boris Karloff. That's right. And, the Grinch. and Ravenscroft is Tony the Tiger, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Sorry All for right. the confusion. All right. Let's get this yes. back on course. Yes. Even I get things wrong. Francisco doesn't, isn't the only one. What? Oh, my gosh. But you know what wow. I didn't get wrong, guys? Something else I liked. Geek Devotions. <laughs> Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast, ComTalk, and written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. That's great, Francisco. But what does Geek Devotions have to do with this movie, whatever you call it? Well, so there's a, uh, would you call it a documentary on the making of this film called the... Per- persistence of vision is that what it's called sure i think i didn't get around to watching it yeah i think it's called the persistence of vision and in mm-hmm. it you learn that richard williams was highly devoted some yes. might say to a fault to the the perfection of this the animation of yeah. this film so he's a multi 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 award winner including oscars and grammys mm-hmm. not grammys uh, emmys and yeah so he's and he's, I'm sure he got razzy for this. Anyways, um, so. What? <laughs> so uh, no, because. Anyway, anyway, anyway had... I, I'm talking now. It's my, it's my turn. I have the mic. I have the mic. Anyway. It wasn't the first razzy if he got one. So oh, he got, so he was very devoted and geeks and geek devotions is devoted to letting people know their love. So it's like, it's like oh. apples and apples right there. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> More like fine. apples and horse apples. All right, fine, guys. Apples. How about some trivia about Thief and the Cobbler? Would that satisfy you? Maybe. <laughs> Peach Cobbler. Did you all realize that this... Apple Cobbler. That's what I was thinking, Apple Cobbler. <laughs> Fruits aside, did you all realize that this movie went through multiple name changes, including The Thief Who Never Gave Up, The Cobbler, and The Thief... Once and of course Arabian Night. My question no. to you all is: If you were to, if you were in charge of naming this movie, what would you have called it? So let's start with Drew. Oh, good night. No, that's not what I would call it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this guy's not Arabian. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? I don't know. You Arabians are good. No, I don't. it's a joke. Okay, Paul. <laughs> Oh, there are jokes now. Okay. Oh, ITAC. ITAC. All right. Yes, because Interesting. it ends with attack to the eye. Ah, One eye. I, I oh. thought you were going Arabi- with like iRobot, but okay. ITAC. Arabi- just- One eye. <laughs> wow. Many times wow. they said that. Okay. Uh, Paul, how about you? Oh. First of all, when I when I heard that they'd taken this movie away from the original director yeah. and changed it and then renamed it on top of that, I thought that, oh, that's like sticking a knife in the wound oh, on top yeah. of things. Yeah. But then like I actually watched it. 
I watched this this version, which I think it's appropriately named Arabian Night, considering what they did with the the story and everything, and added that into it. I this the the Miramax version is definitely Arabian Night, as opposed to like the Thief and the Cobbler, because he's like the main one in there. So mm-hmm. I I and then I I actually thought you know what I think it was actually in good form to call it something else because it was different than the original oh, yeah. vision. I can see that. So I, I came full circle and I actually liked the retitled Arabian night. Okay. So you would just have titled it Arabian night. You thought that was, yeah, it. I thought that they, they did good with that. <clears throat> All right, cool. Uh, from chat. Let's see. Uh, Dale says Ziggs zag is what he would have named it. Uh, Ashley would have named it dumpster fire. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Geez. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jacob, I'm curious to finish this trivia section off. What would you have named or renamed this movie? Mm. Unknown title. <laughs> <laughs> the Arabian Nights that needed to be back to its original director? Oh, yeah. That's I know get that. That. <laughs> That's Toy Game, the 750,000. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> No. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. You could have just called it Kaleidoscope. That yeah, is true. Yeah, that would have worked. And now that we have all, had all our uh, trivial fun, let's find out what memories you or Awesome Rewinder has had about The Thief and the Cobbler. Ashley Crumbitter says, It's being hot garbage. <laughs> wow. Whoa. I get the feeling Ashley does not like this movie. I'm getting that feeling, too. The plot is just disjointed. The characters underdeveloped. Overall, talking over an hour of taking taking over an hour of your life that you will never get back. The biggest regret being that you didn't watch Aladdin. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. jeez. So, nice. you know what? I, I guess that's appropriate uh, that that leads us right into things we didn't like about The Thief and the Cobbler. So let's spin up our... Worst three. Worst three things. And let's start with <laughs> Jacob this time. What's one thing you didn't like about Thief and the Cobbler? Ruh row. All right. So my first is like would be the lackluster songs. It's the 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 the, the, the two the two I think it's like what two or three songs in this movie? There's five. But yeah, there's five. Songs. But there's Jacob, five there's five. I thought there was three. Jacob, but okay. that's she's, there's three of them. I, when I I double checked and the research said there were five songs that may have been the first cut, and they only cut it down to three later. Yeah, yeah, the, and, or maybe it was like the very beginning, and the, maybe during the credits there was another. Yeah, one. there was yeah. one of those songs that I know was moved to the credits for the Miramax version. Mm. But Jacob, I gotta tell you this. If we don't have a song telling us that Yum Yum is more than just a body, she's a mind too, we won't know it because she does nothing to prove that. <laughs> that is true. Absolutely that is so true. nothing to prove that. Well, exactly. she goes out to the desert. Wow. <laughs> the only thing. No, to retrieve the. So and so. That's no, no. it. The only thing Princess Yum Yum does is tell the brigands, okay, you're my royal guard now because I'm your. Yeah queen essentially that's exactly pretty yeah. much that's about all she does in this movie yeah everything else they had to somebody else allow her to happen so yeah but but paul did you like the songs i like that um the 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 the, the, the song with the guys that they run into out yeah. in the desert that, oh, that is, that is catchy that is, is catchy. Yeah. yes yes yeah 
And it, but that wasn't. But the other songs I didn't care for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would, I'd be on board with that as well. Uh, it, bleh, Drew, what was something well, you didn't like? Was it the songs or something yes. else? Yes, yes, yes. Discount Disney garbage. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> wow. What, movie or just I mean, the songs? Words, I mean, boom. I mean, for one thing, the the three the the three songs. Well, okay, the Brigand song. I do feel like some work was put into that. Yeah, but I yeah, could have yeah. sworn yeah. the the Princess Yum Yum song and then the duet she has with Tack mm-hmm. that could have been those could have been in any movie because they are so generic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I how about s- ants? Yes, ants could have do this. <laughs> I could. I don't remember the characters in ants, but I could see this happening there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Toy Story. Yes, uh, if, if you're going to have. Uh, if well, maybe Toy Story four since uh, no since Toy Story Buzz singing I am not a <laughs> I, and Mrs Nesbeth yes. Yeah. yes with Mrs Nesbeth I take it back that would be funnier while he's in that Mrs <laughs> that would be okay I I, I secede on that one uh, yes. but, uh, they're so and I I could see any quote unquote couple that's obvious the the couple singing the song no matter what the movie it is it has it fits the it doesn't fit the movie at all and this is part of the animation that was added you know post richard williams and you can tell because while almost all the richard williams stuff is animated on ones where every frame is a new picture mm-hmm. all yeah. the stuff with that was added for the songs all that is animated on twos mm-hmm. which means there's a slight difference in the frame rate yep. most people don't notice it but i went oh yeah this is definitely much cheaper mm-hmm. animation especially since all she does in that first song is twirl around and talk about and sing and sing it's like you know jasmine did more than this mm-hmm. in her, in her yeah. song agreed yeah yeah, she let birds out of a cage. Thumbelina did more than this. <laughs> oh, jeez, you're right. Oh my gosh. At least she had her own motivation. Yes, I don't. <laughs> she know did what. something. Yum Yum's motivation, I thought, was very poorly shown in this. Yeah. In either form of the movie, but yeah. that's not that's not my dislike. My dislike is the music is stupid and ridiculous and generic and could have been. And if it had been left out, it made a better movie. Ah. Except Ooh, it's a, if it's left out, then you fall asleep. So I don't know which of these ballads you <laughs> want to pick. Um, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll uh, get to that. <laughs> Paul, let's get to something you didn't like about this film. I mentioned that I liked the backgrounds. Yeah. But something that I didn't like were uh, some of the other backgrounds. Mm. Like, I didn't like... It, it, it made... Sorry. When... The thing in animation, what they want to do is kind of like comic books. You should be able to tell very clearly what's going on in mm-hmm. any situation. Mm-hmm. But there were times where, because of the background, I couldn't tell what was going on. Like, when he's in j- the jail cell, it's like, oh, look at these walls. Like, why doesn't he just, like, put his hands up and climb up the walls? Because that's what it looks like he could do. It looks like it's very skinny. But no, it's apparently too wide. Or these big... I, I know you, you talked about perspectives and flats, and I think some of the scenes work well, but um, I think a lot of them don't work well. I think uh, mm-hmm. 
a good studio that's doing it well recently is a cartoon saloon. They did like Wolf Walkers and Song by the Sea mm. and the the Secret of Kells. Mm -hmm. They do some amazing flat backgrounds that you can tell like, okay, the well, perspective's off, but you can see what they're trying to do with the oh, entire okay. picture well, yeah, and the, it looks good. The animation though in those movies, even though I haven't seen them, but I know what you're talking about because I have seen, seen uh, uh, commercials and clips and such that is inspired by this movie. It's very painfully obvious. It's just, it's inspired by the animation uh, in this movie. It, it, they do it better. Yeah. So yeah, I, I you know what? I'll I'll sort of uh, add on to that or, or tack on to that, Paul. I will say, I will say, hey. Would have made my list if I had another one. But yeah, there are so many instances where, like, th the biggest culprit was this one part where it's sort of a wide shot. I think the, like, tax going into the city or something like that. It's a wide shot. The doors open. I think it's when all these teeth come apart in these in this interesting way. But you oh, see yeah. into yeah. the city, and it's like, it's, how do I describe it? It's like as if you were looking. Okay, you guys know in, when in, uh, You've all seen Inception, I assume. Yes, yes. So you remember the scene Whoa. where the, the city kind of is on its side, like it, it curves up and it's yes. on its side. So yes. that's what it looks like looking through this portcullis area, this gateway. It looks like the the all the inside of the city has like flipped up on its side, and people are like mm -hmm. walking up wa walking up the the street, but it's on the wall. It is very mm -hmm. yeah very strange to me, and I so that. On top of, I know you guys said you like the character designs. I think, Jacob, this is one of yours. But I thought that and the settings, all of it was, I think it's just not my taste, honestly. It's mm. just, I Fair don't, enough. the, it's very 60s, Don Bluth crossed with like MC Escher. I just, it wasn't for me. I, I, maybe it's mm. just a taste thing. I didn't care for it. So mm. well, that's just like on my on my end. Oh, <laughs> go for it, Drew. I can. I this this would go into my next dislike. So if okay. you want me to wait? Yeah, I go can. for it. Yes, please. Okay. Here's the thing. This movie, from what I looked at, a most of the animation was done in the '70s and the '80s, yes. and of course the 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 rush to completion job in the '90s. Yeah. And boy, can you tell? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. yes uh, you can. Yeah. There's some stuff that is like very nice, hand-drawn, 70s, 60s, and 70s style animation. And then it goes into this 80s stuff where it's a little bit blockier. And mm -hmm. it works kind of, but it doesn't. And it, you can tell the backgrounds were done at an entirely different decade mm -hmm. than the characters were animated <laughs> yep. a lot there. of times. And Agreed. there are times where I just get a very big cognitive dissonance. Yeah, like that's a dollar word. Because... <laughs> You get hand-drawn, you get CG, you get, and I CG, I mean like early, early, obviously printed out on a tractor printer yes. after running through an uh, old, Yeah, I was about to say, they probably rotoscoped some of the stuff. And, and yeah, there yeah. is some captain, rotoscoping. Some Not a lot, but there mm -hmm. is some rotoscoping. And then it's, that cognitive dissonance that I get from the movie is what really pulls me out of it the most mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of, it's, it's, it's what makes me realize I'm it reminds me of modern art and I hate modern art oh, okay. I was about to say because it's crap <laughs> like I said modern art yeah all right uh, and post and postmodern art's just worse yes um, yeah and while I enjoy this is opinions oh I completely agree 
Wait, and, and while this I isn't a fact you, thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, there's a, bit, a lot of subjective in what I'm saying. Yes, the, there are ways they could have made this work and mm-hmm. work very well, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I don't. It, this you get right down to it. This movie is missing a lot of polish. Yeah, and that's what makes well, that cognitive dissonance even worse. Hmm. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say polish. I would say finishing. And cohesion. That's what I mean. Uh, that's how I. Okay. Right, right, this right. is I very obvious. This is different. This has very obviously been. If this were like a, a wood statue uh-huh. to give kind of a thing, you can tell there's a lot of intricate little carvings throughout most yeah. of the piece. Mm-hmm. But it's missing. The, I guess missing that coat of varnish mm-hmm. to really oh, okay. seal it in. That's really more what I'm thinking more than polish. It's missing gotcha. that final coat of varnish to make it complete. God. And there, yes. And it's. It's that's what makes none of the stuff I think mesh together as well. Anyway, sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that totally makes sense to me, Drew. Uh, Jacob, is that? Would you say that that internal, almost I'll call it anachronisms, like because from the different styles or just that that lack of cohesion made your dislike list, or was something else well, completely uh, destroyed from that? Something you don't like. Well, I, I can I can see Drew's point with art, the 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 expansion of time creating this and the technology available to them during the production. They mm-hmm. would obviously try to use that during production, but I can see where the incohesion would kind of just they would mesh in so many ways. I can see that now. Yeah. Um, but I, I overall I still really enjoyed the artistic style of the film. Awesome. Uh, okay, cool. One thing, one, yeah, one of the things I just it bugged me because the idea of the focus on this film was so just, just uh, rabid. You know, rabid. It was just all over the place. Oh yeah, the, yeah. there's yeah. rabbits. <laughs> oh, it's fast moving. Yeah, just something yeah. like that. I thought we were bringing up Rayman's raving rabbits for a minute, and oh, I was confused. No, I'm just getting confused for Roger ah! Rabbit. <laughs> but it's just the the you you have a you have a center focus, and then it starts going out, but then it starts to the the focus starts to go away and be like and then to me there's a lot of disjointed focus on this movie and it's just yes and it just mm-hmm. it gives me more of a it's like oh, okay so when they when the i think it's the partner company who took over the completionist yeah the completionist company, warner was brothers called. i believe is brothers was the was a was the publisher but i mean the when it left richard williams when he got taken off it was put on like it was Oh, the people that actually animated the company the, to finish oh, animating it. Yeah, oh, I don't it was know called like the was. completionist board or something like that. It was oh, literally okay. made to complete the movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, just at that point, be like the 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 general focus of the story had been lost, and so mm-hmm. now there's like they're they're trying to, a uh, lack of a word, cobble this movie back together to make a mm-hmm. completed movie, and it seems they've like shifted things around to make it more of something else that the director didn't want. And I have not seen the, the, uh, the recobbled version of this yet, mm-hmm. but it just seems there, there's a lot of this movie that's out of it's disjointed. There's a lot of, there's no, there's no focus to it. There's, there's mm-hmm. points where there is focus, but then there's not focus. You guys are building an amazing case toward my tragic maker. I appreciate this very much. Oh, uh, don't worry. Uh, this is building towards my tragic maker too. <laughs> Don't uh, wait. Don't worry, Francisco. There's more to come. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> because one of the things that I disliked yes. was uh, one of the things that 
almost early on, you start to hear all these sound effects with the thief bumping into things. Yeah. And they are Hanna Barbera like with the the yes. over the top mm-hmm. zonk honk boing mm-hmm. and it's these are less serious sound effects. And so if you're not going to be serious with this, it it gives the message that I shouldn't be serious about this yeah. film and yeah. not take it seriously mm-hmm. either. And it's not one of those oh this is funny laugh at it serious. Mm-hmm. Like or, or or like not serious yeah. like Hanna Barbera. This isn't like Scooby Doo Arabian Nights. Unfortunately, really? <laughs> I've never seen that. I haven't seen but, it either. Um, it, it it just and and I I like Drew have seen the recobbled cuts and those effects are not in it. So it's oh. something that Miramax added later. Oh really? I don't know why. I think the movie's worse for it. Well, it's either Miramax oh, or Allied Filmmakers because they those two versions are different. Right, there is. I I haven't seen the. I haven't seen the other one either, so I don't know where the yeah who added what. But that was not a good addition, in my opinion. Yeah, in fact, it made my second dislike. God, yeah, and that for me that the sound, the overall sound of this, I think I was so distracted by the the visual um components of this, which we'll get into here in a second, um that the sound didn't really hit me. I did notice that sometimes the score, I felt like, wow, this is actually kind of a nice score. Uh, but mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to even make my like list. Uh, the thing, though, that my my second dislike, which will, and then we'll get into our tragic makers for Thief and the Cobbler. And this probably goes to, like we were just like Drew was just saying, this went from Richard Williams to this completionist company. But mm-hmm. there's the blocking in this movie seems so all over the place and and or not even all over the place just so static that's a better word and Mm -hmm. non-dynamic like uh for instance it'll be like close-ups like yum yum tack very close up Mm -hmm. and then it'll shift to just medium shot where everyone's sort of on the same plane there's no depth like this character is moving here while this other one's moving Mm -hmm. back and forward and then super wide shot like oh the where's where's the character oh there they are what it doesn't help that it's only been Arabian Nights has only been released in DVD quality, so yes. you can't really. Yeah. Oh, there's, no, there's good night. That, that, that transfer was a piece of that's that's the biggest piece of hot garbage. Is that transfer? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Oh my gosh! So I mean, so, I couldn't even read the names in the credits. It was so bad. I mean, I but. I, I love there were those those scenes where like you get the characters like going real close mm-hmm. and real like mm-hmm. like like very cartoony like the eye gets really big or the mouth gets really big i think when it's just one and that's the focus yes and a little bit more when the the chasing between tack and the thief but overall like when when we have boring scenes that are could have some like very static they're very sad i mean i i loathe to do this by compared to disney films where in those shots your characters are doing something they're moving around like like uh I like there's a very similar scene in Aladdin where uh, Jasmine and her dad are talking and she's moving back and forth. She's moving around in the scene as she's yeah. talking to her dad, mm-hmm. moving to the pond, moving to uh, mm-hmm. the the tiger. I forget his name. Um, Raja. Raja. Ra- yeah. She's voice, mov- voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and <laughs> as opposed to this scene where they're just the princess. Or Princess Yangyong, the dad, they're just like there in the same. They're, they're not a lot of moving back and forth. It's just right there, which I'm, I think that was probably the style in the 60s, but it's so, it's jarring 
Um, again, that goes probably more back to my taste that it there wasn't no, very I much dynamic. It there. is very hard not to compare this movie to Aladdin. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. came I, out at the same time. For one, yeah, for yeah, one thing, much. but it's contemporary. Since, yeah. since Miramax is owned by Disney, it mm-hmm. is known right. that this I mean, parts of this movie inspired Aladdin. And then Aladdin, in turn, inspired some of the quick finishes mm-hmm. they did right. in, in this for this movie. Got so it. It, it is very hard not to compare the two. But at the same time, Aladdin had a lot bigger budget. True. And yeah. they were very well, far into the cap system with the painting at that point. So they could be a little bit more dynamic in their shots. Uh, well, I mean, that... All, that's all well and good, but we might get into that in our tragic makers. You're coming up now. I'm going to start us off, though, with good. the person that I feel like is the most sympathetic. I could be wrong. Sympathetic to this movie. Jacob, what's your tragic maker for Thief and the Cobbler? Mine would be the fact that this film was literally ripped away from its original creator, who mm-hmm. was this was his passion. This was he loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Be like he took what nearly two decades to make this film. It was ripped away from him. The the fact be like it would be like a, a child being ripped away from its mo- mother's grasp. I, I'm be sorry. Like, oh, go ahead. No, actually, fin- let, I'll finish. I and was then about I'll, to say let him bus. finish yeah. be- because <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Francisco. I got your back okay. on this one. Go for it. <laughs> But let him let him finish. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I apologize. Right. Please finish. No, you're good. You're good. The the idea that the director who had passion just poured his soul into this film, and mm-hmm. it's taken away from him from another company that's basically like, hey, we're going to finish this film no matter what. And mm-hmm. you have the like watching this be like, this seems so much of a Latin film, and mm-hmm. it looks like the 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 finishing company like, hey, let's just make it more like a Latin. Mm-hmm. Be like, that mm-hmm. was a good movie. That would had mm-hmm. a lot of. Be like, hey, it's got all these great things. Hey, let's just make it more like Aladdin. And it just broke my heart when you realize that the original director just had be like maybe all these great ideas and it was really mm-hmm. just snuffed. And mm-hmm. it's just like, ah, and it just makes me think of Aladdin yeah, when I watch this. Yeah. And yeah. to and to think that be like this could have been even greater if the direct if they would have just allowed the director to have more time to put together. And yeah. I, you know what? So, Jacob, I would completely be on board with you, except for the fact that Richard Williams was the one who said, okay, I will take your investment money. We'll get it done in time. And then he didn't. So he broke the contract. No. He <laughs> signed the document that said, if you, if I do not finish on budget exactly. and in time, you can take over. Exactly. Ooh, he didn't mm. have to take the money. Nobody's twisting. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. I must have been misinformed on something. No, he's he did that several times. He did that um, in the eighties. He was doing a deal with the the princes in in Arabia. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or that Middle East area, and and he over budget by. He had a, a budget of a hundred thousand dollars, and he he went over budget twice, and ultimately spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and was late on each one. Right. Uh, later, the same thing he did with. So a Japanese he, company, I think, also he did that well, too, too. Yeah, uh, one one of the the tragic stories we heard from animation class is that uh-huh. he did not want to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He was like, I it the animation. Yeah, we did that in a commercial, mm-hmm. but Steven Spielberg got a hold of him and Steven, you're awesome. And he he he's a he's a connoisseur of animation. Mm-hmm. He wants this guy on his project, and and they said we'll pay you. And and, and Richard's like, no, I don't want to do it. And but 
Steven knows about this this passion project. They said, look, Emblem Entertainment. We put out Don Bluth's um, American Tale, Tale at yep. the time mm-hmm. and the, uh, the, the Land Before Time. They said, we will give you money and we will distribute it. Mm-hmm. And one of his bi- Richard's big thing was, look, I'm making this film, but I want it to be seen. Distributing costs a lot of money. They mm-hmm. s- and and Steven said, you know what? We'll take care of that for you. Mm. But you got to finish on time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the budget later. That didn't happen. This happened with Warner Brothers as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when Warner Brothers, that's when he signed with Warner Brothers. Uh, like, okay. look, that if I don't sense. finish yeah. in sense. time, then you take over. Yeah. And then it's sad, but it's... Uh, it, it happened. Yeah, and we'll know. get into oh. probably the the whys of that coming up. But I totally, I totally sympathize with that, Jacob. If yeah, if you had this thing and then, uh, like you're working on it and you had, if you had the impression that yeah, he they just took it away from him, I, that that would have been tragic. But that it was yeah. sort of his, mm-hmm. it was his to yeah. to complete or not. And so that was. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I got you. That, at least that's what the the documentary was said. So I yeah. and I have a lot of I, faith I in. Yeah, that, I didn't so. watch the documentary. I just went off what I read off Wikipedia, which you know how good that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. But, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if you if you're not following through with your deals, I mean, you get that is true. That yeah, is so exactly. true. Yeah. And, okay. So and honestly, if this was really his baby, he would have done a lot better. He should have taken care of it a lot better than that. True. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you have one of these, and maybe Francisco is going to get into it. You have mm. the artistic approach. Like, look, oh, yeah. this is my masterpiece. If I can see an area where I want to make it better, mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, and this is what his approach yeah. was the whole time. It's like, that's why it took decades and decades. I'm going to make that better. But then there's the business end mm-hmm. where, where, which is really weird because Richard Williams is known for producing all these animated shorts. He did commercials mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these things. He had a budget, he had a time, and he he consistently did hundreds, if not thousands, of these little projects mm-hmm. on time, in budget. He knew what he was doing, but he set aside that business part of his brain for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, reality hit in a way that probably yeah. didn't work out. So yeah, he... he, he Oh, go ahead, Jacob. What well, it's it sounded like it sounded like to me be like the director himself, he had uh artistic goggles on, be like, I've got this is my movie, I've got to do it, do it, do it. Right. And he signed all these deals, but he didn't realize that you know time was up. That mm-hmm. time was coming short for him, but he was just more I gotta get my movie done, get my movie done, and just poured yeah. everything into it and yeah. looks like time ran out. So yeah, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to okay. my tragic maker, because I feel like it's gonna touch right. on a lot. A lot here. It's right. very broad. Let me let me guess. The movie. It touches on everything. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw those opening credits, it was over. I knew this was a trend. Um, no, that's not not the movie itself. Um, uh, and I'll preface this by saying watching Persistence of Vision, the documentary, actually made me um, be more impassioned in my feelings toward this movie. I'll say that. Uh, so I'm not giving away my, my final rain. What is coming? <laughs> okay, here's my tragic maker, guys. So, and a lot of this has to do, comes from information learned in this documentary. So Richard Williams says he 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 references these artists like they're, they're, they do, you become a master, then you do your masterpiece, your masterwork. Right. And mm-hmm. he wanted right. this to be his masterwork. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, 
he is so hung up, I feel, on getting all these. I I, I was explaining this to to someone uh, earlier today that I felt like he was trying to make modern art or cla- more mm-hmm. classical art, modern art. He was trying to make that into an animation. The problem yeah. is. That when you when you have a Rembrandt, a Monet, a, a, a Van Gogh, it's one image, and you can just study it for hours. There's lots of mm-hmm. detail to it. Mm-hmm. There's lots going on that you can just like sit there and study. When you're watching an animation, so much of that detail is lost in the motion, and it just becomes visual noise. To mm-hmm. at least to mm-hmm. me, I, it's so much is happening, and I can't make a lot of heads or tails of it. And I think that that actually speaks to. Like a lot of anime and even a lot of uh, modern, uh, even just Disney animation in the same time period that they're able to do so much stuff. And I think that's because they simplify a lot of that detail down so that you're able to actually just visually take in the information you need without all this extra distraction. Well, it it goes beyond the visuals more than a movie. It's more than just visuals because yeah, there's I'm, things like story arc and there, character yeah. development. Okay, yeah. Yeah. go ahead. So there's that component. So he's trying to make this masterpiece. And then, like you were saying, Paul, he, he was very good at commercials, these sequences. That's what he sort of specialized in. But he wasn't able to transfer that into an overall narrative. Like people uh, people that were working with him were even saying that he was just trying to come up with storyboards even after most of the production was done. Like he didn't have a finished movie. He didn't know what he uh, overall story he was telling. And he uh, he even um, in the in the documentary apparently re- referencing the Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, incident, he was uh, telling uh, Steven Spielberg or not Steven Spielberg, Robert, Robert Zemeckis, the director of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hey, uh, I'm your pencil. You tell me what you want to see, and I'll draw it. And I was like, that is exactly the role you need to be playing, Richard. You mm-hmm. are an amazing mm-hmm. uh, tool, amazing artist for to bring to life someone else's vision that is a storyteller that doesn't have the 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 discipline that you have and there's nothing wrong with that we all have our we all have our specialties we all have our talents and so to couple someone who's great at animation and drawing with someone who's a great storyteller would have been fantastic but he's trying he's essentially just coming up with all these beautiful sequences that don't really go together and come up with you get this very sort of boring story that doesn't really make a lot of sense in a lot of places at least for me so that's that's so we have this this animation that's too verbose i'll say along with a narrative that just is very flat which that's so interesting there's so much detail in the animation but the story itself is very flat so that's 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 my tragic maker and that the fact that he like worked employees to death pretty much really nod at me and got me irked but that's that's not really the the movie sounds like fault. steve jobs to me <laughs> <laughs> so if, if i okay. could go ahead and give my please do maker, please do Drew. i, I want to before i get into this i want to say how much it pains me that i am going to agree with francisco on that. <laughs> whoa <laughs> here's the uh, thing. that's what we call a victory ladies no, <laughs> no here's the thing I'll give you a point. <laughs> one point. All right. Go for it, Drew. What one whole point versus Team Womp's millions is going to do so well. Ah, anyway. I, 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 you know, being a co-host of a animation podcast, it's mm-hmm. obvious that I love animation. 
And there are parts of this that are absolutely, positively beautiful. Yes, absolutely. However, mm-hmm. I don't all go to movies just to see beautiful pictures. Yeah. No matter how good in sequence they are. No you don't love Terrence of, Malick movies? What? I don't know if I've even seen a Terrence Malick movie. You're not missing anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. I am a, when it, I am a story guy. As much as yeah. I love animation, if you don't have a story to drive the animation or the live action, it's not going to make as big an impact. Yes. This is it's one of the reasons I prefer stuff like if you look at Looney Tunes, I prefer the things like the Bugs Bunny and the Daffy Duck shorts to or even Tom and Jerry to stuff like uh Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, which ah, are literally yeah. literally you can mix and match any of those bits of Roadrunner cartoons with up, the and you would never be able to tell they were from different cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's because those cartoons have no actual story. It's it's the same shtick. It's Wiley Coyote wants to eat the Roadrunner, and the Roadrunner is uh-huh. gonna, you know, not is not gonna allow that to happen. Exactly. Yes. This movie, while it does have a story per se, <laughs> sure it does. Yes. Hmm. Yes. It is very light. In yeah. fact, yes. I will go so far and to say that it's even a lighter story than even. Monty Python and the Holy Grail has, even mm. though I still disagree with Francisco's opinions on that, that movie. It's no, you amazing know how often that movie comes. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy thing to bring up. In fact, another part that came to my mind was when I watched this movie, I was like, this is this movie reminds me a lot of the opening credits to Monty Python, where it was at the end, it was finished at the last minute with no budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah yes. And very blindingly, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But as much as I disagree with Francisco's opinion on Monty Python, I, and I still say that as a story, this has less of a story than even that does. Mm-hmm. And the I don't only know if I agree with that, is, but... Um, you <laughs> have bad opinions, we know this. Oh, continue, though. Mm. It's... I want... This is a movie I want to like, because yes. of how pretty... Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Allow, allow me, yeah. if I may... It's so pretty. <laughs> yes, it is. I want to love it because it's so pretty. But That's the problem so pretty. is That's a callback to my streams, yeah. by the way, in case some of you are like, I don't get the joke. <laughs> I, that's a, something I said routinely about a certain game. All, so yeah, it's all Greek to me anyway. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's a movie, even though there's these parts that like blow me away in the fact that, of the hand drawn animation, the amazingness of it. The guy needed a scriptwriter to focus this story in, mm-hmm. and yes, that yes. does mean some of those spots are not you, you're going to have to cut out. That is so meticulously well done. But if you don't have a story, you don't have a movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, while there are obviously differences opinions on how much story some movies have, this I just don't feel has enough story to keep me engaged. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. with the film i can see that yeah there is probably going to be a point where we will re- review this on cellcast yes not, but to be honest i'm not looking forward to it mm. yeah that's unfortunate do you think you'll you'll do the the cobbled together version instead of the miramax version if you were to do it i actually want to hold off because the recobbled cut that i saw i think is the the fourth 
version that the fan has done. Oh wow! Yeah, jeez. And okay. he's apparently working on an HD version. Oh, that's cool. So I would wait. I would wait to see that. Or there is rumors that some of the people at Disney who technically own the footage mm-hmm. at this yeah. point mm-hmm. may make another pass at making a better cut also but i don't know how true any of that rumoring Hmm. is okay and i but at the same time i would hate to see someone try to do this digitally because you'd nearly have to redo the whole movie yeah and that may not work as well guys you know what we need some of that we need thief in the cobbler 2049 that's what we need (laughs) or just make a new movie with the same story but keep the the parts yeah, of the animation that worked well and <laughs> yeah and just make a better story that fits those bits of animation right yeah. well Even that's what they to tried to do it. with arabian night yeah they failed miserably mm-hmm. well i'm just saying make it good yeah i i get that i totally get it drew uh and paul let's go to you what what do they need to make what did they need to make good for this not to have a tragic maker for you well unlike my co-host here i didn't consider the the cobble cut or the uh i looked at arabian night the miramax version yeah that's why I alone yep. and just thought okay what do i don't like most about mm-hmm, this movie mm-hmm. and unfortunately whoever brought up the the thief was that their like was my biggest dislike is that <laughs> that's that is, is fair is because okay it's not the thief of the character it's jonathan winter's I like I said he did a good job, mm-hmm. but I think he was totally miscast because this character is a skinny guy, he, and he, I doubt he for some. I it doesn't seem like that deep voice would fit such a skinny guy. I could guy. see that. I could see that. And yes. then he's rambling mm-hmm. throughout the whole film, and he's talking about modern day stuff, which just like Aladdin, they thought I'm sure they thought, hey, it worked for Aladdin. Well, it yeah. didn't yeah. work for Aladdin. Agreed. It was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, these boots were made for walking and talking about Churchill and like <laughs> he's he's talking like a sports announcer and referencing Disneyland all thousands mm-hmm. of years before that ever came about. It's a total disjarring. And I think the the movie is worse off for it. Uh, okay. Well, and as much as I liked the thief character in this mm-hmm. for, because of the comedy, uh-huh. I will say it works the uh the anachronistic jokes make less sense here than they do in Aladdin. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like Genie... I can at least see I can see Genie having knowledge that yeah, you know, the, the rest yeah. of the yeah, people exactly. would mm-hmm. in the future. The I don't see this with the thief. I don't care how smart he is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I agree that time that we've entered. We can all finally stop our... talking about this. <laughs> all our target information. <laughs> into the firing computer alice do you do you alice have a firing solution for us firing solution complete rating salvo at the ready on your mark do we rate thief and the cobbler also known as arabian night a classic recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth your time rewatching if you've uh, seen seen it as a kid, or maybe maybe you remember liking it and you are wanting to experience one of the other, like, other cuts. Maybe then, yeah, it's nostalgic. Or do we rate it uh, a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it, don't go see it. And if you have seen it before and have fond memories. Don't sully those memories with a rewatch. 
So let's start with our guests. Uh, let's start with Drew first. What is your final rating for The Thief and the Cobbler? I'm going to admit I was a little torn on this pretty much up until this moment. Mm-hmm. Because the animation in this is so good, I mm-hmm. would suggest people watch it for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, you didn't this is not about the academic reasoning no. about why you should why you should look at for educational purposes. If you like animation, check it for that anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that. However, if you're just looking for a good movie to watch on a Saturday night or Friday night, when you should be watching Retro Rewind, <laughs> uh, and you think you, I'm going to try The Thief and the Cobbler, I'm going to say, no, no, do not put The Thief and the Whoa. Cobbler in. Because as <laughs> wow. beautiful as this movie wow. is, yeah. it is unfinished. And yeah. it is not handled well. There's Even the parts that Richard Williams did has issues mm-hmm. in how it's presented. So, yeah, no matter how I look at this outside of the academic and the educational, I have to rate this film a tragic. Tragic. All right. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Mm. Jacob, would you cook a thief cobbler? (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Uh, Yeah, no. That'd be one nasty (laughs) part. No, I would would definitely. um, I I was was torn like Drew was. The fact would be like. Being an artist, be like loving the visuals. Yes, the uh, are the artistic modes and um, the different styling and everything. I love that part about this film, mm-hmm. and the story itself is so disjointed, and you have so much um, like problems with everything going on. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely give it a nostalgic, nostalgic. Ooh. All right, nostalgic. Totally fair. Uh, Paul, what's your final reign for this film? First, I want to say I'm so glad that we have both Drew and Jacob, yes. who are connoisseurs of animation, Absolutely. helping us re- Thank you uh, review this movie. So Welcome. they they know what they're talking about. Uh, um, yeah. They they have an eye for it. Go so check really out the Cellcast, cellcast.podbean.com. Yeah. That being said, I'm going to have to highly disagree with them and that that I did not have a hard time in reviewing this movie a tragic. <laughs> oh my <This> God. <laughs> I thought you were going to go classic flyboard. Where are you no. going with this? Oh, okay. I was, if, I was if, about to say, if it's not if you're, anything we've talked about. Yeah. If you're a quote unquote normal person, <laughs> avoid this movie. Oh if you're, even if you're an animation uh, buff and you love animation, oh. I, I would say this movie is tragic. Now, ah. you can you can watch, especially the cobbled cut. Um, I have it in HD. It's out in there in HD, but maybe you meant 4K, true. Uh, but uh, any, I think it was it, it's a ups- what I saw the HD was upscaled. Oh, a, a native uh, 1080p. Tell me when it's VR. Okay, continue, Paul. Anyway, <laughs> um, even if you're an animation uh, student, uh, this movie is even oh, no matter which version you have, you watch it's slow and boring. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, yeah, the visuals are nice, especially in the recobbled cut. I would, if you're going to watch this for the visuals, just no, just uh, forget Arabian Nights and watch the cobbled cut. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but. but uh, highly uh tragic for me Got unfortunately it. because of this mm. yeah i like like these guys i wanted to like this yeah but it, it was so hard to... yeah I, i'm not gonna mince words tragic all the way tragic for me i just oh. i i didn't i didn't enjoy this it was 
It was hard to get through. I think Jacob's having a heart attack over oh, here. Poor Jacob. <laughs> I, got, I got attack in the heart. That's totally fair. Attack in the heart. Uh-uh. You got a heart attack. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh my. You give cartoons a bad name. Wow. <laughs> I think they give themselves a bad name, or at least this one did. Oh, jeez. But uh, so according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate The Thief and the Cobbler, a disputed tragic film. We won't recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. We still appreciate uh, our patron, Mr. Lost, for picking this. Uh, No, I am very grateful because I've been wanting to watch this, especially the historical impact. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. I think it's a good excuse for us to get around to watching it too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So thank you for that. We've got too many films. We still really want to do that. We haven't started getting, started getting to the, uh, the bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, re- the weird stuff. I've, yeah. I've got one I'm looking forward to, but I haven't. Oh, really boy. Yeah. I mean, and it's, oh, not like, boy. it's not like this is my Python and the Holy Grail. There's some redeeming qualities about this film, but Retro Ooh, Rewind, po- Retro Rewind Podcast Rates. I'm talking now. Retro Rewind Podcast Rates. I think I'm, I'm, I'm talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel tragic film, but now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX? Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1993 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, Untold Podcasts, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast. Oh, you're right here. Hey! Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucen, Kenneth Inn, Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Babo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Jays, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts going. <laughs> and if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking people, we also want to give a big, not tragic hug. True. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Dodgen and Jacob Heron for sorry is is that how you pronounce your last name Jacob Heron Heron H E R O N like the bird okay. excellent all right thank you both for supporting us with your thoughts on the thief and the cobbler slash Arabian Nights with us tonight mm-hmm. uh, let's go alphabetically and start with Drew where can people find you online is there anything cool you got going on uh well on uh, I have been streaming uh, recently. Mm-hmm. On Saturdays, I've been playing Super Mario RPG, and nice. then on Mondays, I've been streaming Dragon Quest Eleven, which apparently I am now halfway through. Oh, cool! Which right. was a bit of a surprise because everything I was looking at originally made me think I was two thirds of the way through. Oh, uh, more. And if I was to. playing the original Dragon Quest Eleven, I would have been correct, but I'm not. I'm playing the uh, definitive edition, which added oh. a bunch of extra stuff I didn't realize. Nice. I've probably got another couple months on that one, okay. this game that nice. I didn't realize was coming. But uh, I've been doing that. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the Cellcast. I'll go ahead and plug for both of us. Yes. Uh, we review animated and uh, movies and TV shows. Yes, I actually do still. We do still do TV <laughs> shows. Yes, I'm a little slow at getting those episodes out. I get distracted. My apologies. We will finish Tangle the series eventually. We'll get there when we get there. 
Exactly. Exactly. Just like our old podcast used to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do we, we record that every Tuesday night on Facebook and Twitch and YouTube, assuming our services are nice and I've still <laughs> got to figure out that issue. But uh, yeah, other than that, just check out Drew's photo bin to see some photography that I've been meaning to get done. So yeah, I think that's everything. All right, nice. cool. And Jacob, uh, where can people find you? And is there anything cool you got going on? Uh, right now, I do. Uh, I've been doing this for about four year, four or five years right now. Uh, I do Jacob's Daily Art Corner. This is my personal art page uh-huh. where I draw each and every day. I do pencil sketches. I do ink. I do color, which would be a cop Coptic marker to uh, different range of colors. It's just trying for me to become a better artist and. Uh, I've had over the time be like I've improved more, so mm-hmm. I, I continue to do it. And uh, I do the art, I do the cover art for the cellcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to each and every week. Yeah. And uh, other than sometimes that, I have to punt. Yeah, sometimes he has to punt. Um, but other than that, it's uh, just trying to work on projects that have been in the works for nearly twenty years, and mm-hmm. hoping to get that off the air, get off the ground. Uh, I can't really go into any details of that. But hopefully, to start getting that off the ground fairly shortly. Fairly shortly. So I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to break the, uh, break the NDA it. That- yeah, the NDA. <laughs> Jacob is working on Thief and the Cobbler Two. <laughs> All right, the web comic. The web comic. <laughs> That's just Yum Yum's baby. Oh my oh word! Oh my gosh! Wow! Gumdrop. Gumdrop. Oh my. Yeah. Surprise, the father is not tapped. Oh my god. Oh shocker. Dun dun dun. Thank dun, you, dun. Drew. Scandalous. And Jacob. And my Arabian Nights, not so Arabian Night, uh, friend Paul, and all you rewinders, <laughs> new and old, for another fun voyage with us. You're welcome. And you can find me, pauljpowers.com at pauljpowers.com ah, and find me on discord for there. show announcements or just to say hi join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash discord this podcast is a proud member of culture box a curated collection of podcasts videos and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content you will find culture celebrated for its past and future satirized for its extremes explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Thanks, Nathan. And as he said, we are now part of Culturebox Media Network. Find all our shows on packing truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, we are on final approach to base. And the uh, the... I was about to say the three golden balls are secure, but nobody knows what we're talking about when referencing that. <laughs> Listen, this didn't even come no up context. in this movie. In this yeah. Wow. And thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for the Sandlot. Oh, joy. Our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. You're killing me, Small. Killing me, Small. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base.
Bushwhacked after reviewing that movie. Speaking of bushwhack, <laughs> bushwhacked, <laughs> if I can say that word, let's continue our review of Firefly. Ship like this, you're with it to the day you die. Retro. Because it's a death trap. The part of rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indeed, made them poor, burnt out on dullness. What was it all for? Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. You got you gotta watch live for Paul's just disdain for that intro. <laughs> I agree. I'm going to appreciate that opening probably better, maybe worse. Uh, when I actually get to whatever episode that's from. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It's, I think that's actually the next episode, Jamestown. But, ah. uh, yes, welcome to our view of uh, Firefly. We're going through each episode this year, uh, culminating in our Christmas episode of the movie Serenity. Uh, but this time out, we are covering the third episode. Uh, yeah, if you count the pilot Serenity. Paul, will you give us the technical the technical specs for that episode, please. All right. So watching them in DVD order, uh, this is we're reviewing episode three titled Bushwhack, which originally premiered September 27th, near 2002. Do you want to give us a one sentence synopsis of the plot, Captain? Yes. So the crew of Serenity sums up comes across a floating derelict uh, ship. They found out Lair was taken over by Reavers, who left a survivor that then uh, wreaks havoc on the Serenity crew and an Alliance vessel. I love my captain. <laughs> That's Thank you. I mean, I love, I love me too, but uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get into the things we liked, our, our classic makers, for uh, this episode of Firefly. Then we'll get into our tragic makers, then the character we, we uh, related to or liked the most in this episode, and then whether or not we would continue watching the series if this was the only series we'd watch. But real quick before that, uh, I've seen this all the way through before. Paul's seen most of it all the way through. Jacob Correct. and Drew, have you seen this series before, or is this your first episode ever seen of Firefly? So this is not my first episode. Okay. Uh, I did not learn about this series until Serenity was going into theaters. Mm, okay. mm -hmm. That's and common. Yeah. It's, it's very common. And if you remember at that time, it was not exactly very easy unless you lived in a major metropolitan area to actually go back and watch a show because mm -hmm. yeah. the streaming was not a thing back then in my yep. local store, local movie rental place, which was not Blockbuster because mm -hmm. Blockbuster never came to my town, did not ever have this ah, okay. so by the time i got to a point where i could watch it i think i actually rented it from netflix through their discs oh, service that yeah, tells yeah, you how yeah. old oh. this is yes uh i think i rented a disc the uh -huh. first disc uh -huh. and i watched part of that serenity the, mm -hmm. the pilot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i say part because there are parts of that i remembered when i rewatched it for 
to keep along with y'all, uh-huh. but there's a lot of it I didn't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. And the yeah, part, and I can tell you the problem I had with that point is that it had already been so hyped up. I already was, uh, it already yeah. was not living up to the yep. expectations I yep. had. And plus, yeah. uh, I, that's when Star Trek was still at its kind of, it was still an Enterprise era. Yeah. And I am nothing if not loyal to fandom sometimes. Okay, that's fair. I'm a little more open now, and Uh this is very much a different style because it's definitely more dystopian than Star Trek has ever tried to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I can tell you that's why I didn't do it then. However, when back when I was still working at Walmart, Mm -hmm. uh, I bought the disc set I have now, but just didn't, but uh, with my associate discount. Mm And then it set stats in the shrink wrap up until about a month, uh, January. Really? I got ready to watch to follow along with y'all. That's awesome. So I have seen Serenity Part 1 and 2 and Train train Job job. now. Okay. Along with this movie. And that's along with this episode. And that's as far as I am so far. Okay. Wow. Very cool. So I I am now finally watching this for the first time. Very cool. Well, welcome aboard. Yes. (laughs) How about you, Jacob? Well, uh, going in, going into it, I think when I started to hear, I started hearing about it. I didn't technically hear about it. Be like, when I started hearing about Firefly, all I heard was brown coats, mm-hmm. brown coats, brown coats, brown coats. Be like references here and there because my my a bunch of my family and friends were just brown coat nuts. Okay, loved, <laughs> loved, absolutely loved firefly yes and they're like jacob you have to watch it you have to watch it what are you doing with your life watch firefly <laughs> and like the the tragic story they like the fact that like it's only what 13 episodes yes 13, 13 episodes. episodes yeah and 14. you know Dis- disney canceled it or not disney but uh fox fox it was fox who uh who uh canned it because mm-hmm. apparently fox doesn't like sci-fi uh yeah. didn't know what to do do with sci-fi back then that is true yeah. although some could say the same about the orville now but that's beside the point continue <laughs> so so a couple of years later uh i'm buying a I'm buying a movie lot from a friend of mine and uh she's 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 she has the entire collection of firefly i'm like you know what i'm gonna buy that mm-hmm. be like they'll, they'll finally get off my back i'll finally you have to watch firefly so i fi- i started watching it uh i think it was like a year ago I started mm-hmm. watching, and I got like halfway through it, and of course, I get distracted by something. Go figure. And uh, and so when it came to this review, I was like, you know what? I don't I don't know where that box that is right. It's probably in a box somewhere. Uh-huh. It's like, why don't I just find it on Hulu and watch it yeah. there? Mm-hmm. So I watched episode two to understand maybe some context clues of what was going on in yeah. this episode. Okay, awesome. All right, so given all that. What is what was your favorite thing about this episode, Bushwhacked? I'm going to start with Paul. My favorite moment of this episode is, that's my favorite thing, is a moment when mm-hmm. the captain is on, back on Firefly with, with what, who, it's not the Federation. Who are, who the Alliance. Or is the, the Alliance. The Alliance. Yeah. yeah. Following them. And then he goes into the corridor and there's the brother and sister mm-hmm. who the, the Alliance is looking for. Yes. And you think, oh, no, like they're going to be caught. Mm-hmm. But then they're not. No. So that was my favorite moment. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that tension of, oh, my yes. gosh, and everything's yeah. together. Yeah, and then... yeah. That, I <laughs> okay, totally get good. that. I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, Drew, what was your favorite moment or just your favorite thing about this episode? 
one of the things I, I like about this show in general is the fact that a lot of times I cannot guess what turn they're going to go in mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. from scene to scene, not because it's not coherent, mm-hmm. but it's not that it's just what well, I with every once in a while, they will do something like for instance, This is not this one, but in the train job where they're talking to crow and they're saying, and they give him the deal and he says, you know, I'm going to, I, you can keep that. I'm going to do it. And, and he just kicks him into the engine. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was a good. Example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this one, my favorite part of that, because I was, I was not expecting the entire way this went throughout the whole episode. Mal is, uh, or the second half, once the Alliance shows up, uh-huh. he's pretty much telling the captain of the ship. He sold. He sold the truth the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Right. But the captain yeah. does not believe him. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are a bunch of crooks, bunch of criminals." Uh-huh. And he says, "And at the very end, when the re- when the guy who turned into the Reaver finally attacked, and the fact that the captain just says everything that Mal said to do at, at the end, and just yes. blows the ship up yep. and yep. everything, it's like, okay, I just love that because it, 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 it was, there was a point there where they're getting into this, and for whatever reason, I had to pause. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was." Uh-huh. And I just got curious, like, I wonder how much of this episode's left, because there's not much, as the story has been going on a while, it's got to end sometime, and I looked and I had two minutes left in the episode, and I thought, how on earth are they going to wrap this up in two minutes? So I went ahead and played it, it's like, oh, that was strangely... Well done. Yeah. <laughs> what I was not expecting. That's funny. I, I can I can definitely see why people like this show. Yeah. Yes. Even though it goes against like ninety percent of how I think sci-fi should be done. But anyway, yeah. it plays uh, it plays with their expectations. It keeps you. It is definitely more that. Western than a yes. sci-fi yes. setting. Than Absolutely. A sci- than a pure Absolutely. sci-fi. Yes. And I think that's what throws me off sometimes. But oh, anyway. Sure. Uh, Jacob, what was something that you really liked? What was your favorite thing about um, this episode? I loved when they boarded the uh, the the abandoned vessel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just like the 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 hard start you get into the episode, they're playing ball, and yes. all of a sudden there's a proximity alert go off, uh-huh. and, and um, it was like okay. The and when they get onto the ship, it's instantly you get a really Scott alien yes. film vibe going on. Absolutely, it's just like, yes. Oh my gosh, what is going to happen? What's yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, they going through it, going through it, and by the end of it, they, they've they're like Mel kind of figures it up, be like, oh, and exactly what they're like, and they pop the the view goes up, and all the lights go up, and it's like, oh, they're the the bodies are hanging from the ra- the yeah. the raptors, and like. Oh, this is clever. Oh, this is genius. And it's like there's your introduction of the Reavers, even yep. though really? Bill, I've only seen like ha- I've only seen like half of the half the season. I I've watched Serenity mm-hmm. for some reason. I'm like, oh, that's what Reavers are. Oh crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, just that 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 whole intro was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and it also gives me Star Trek to Rathacon kind of vibes when they get on the uh, station. Did you oh, okay. really just say after I beat it into your skull that it's pronounced Trek? Did you really just say it was Star Trek? I didn't Possibly. pick up on that. Maybe. <laughs> Let's stay on track here. 
let's say on the Star <laughs> Trek. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Um, so the thing I liked most about this was the interviews that the captain of the Alliance uh, cruiser has <laughs> with all the different characters. And you get a lot, yeah. a good flavor, especially if this is like your first episode, like the first few episodes mm-hmm. are sort of like mini pilots in themselves, like reintroductions of these characters. Um, because in TV, you don't know, you know, back then, yeah. not these days, but back then you didn't know when someone was going to catch an episode early on. Mm-hmm. So, but I just liked like how Jane was very silent. He didn't say anything. How Kaylee's just going on and on about how fire the serenity is not a piece of junk and like confusing mm-hmm. the, the alliance officer. <laughs> and Zoe's just like, yeah, find the lights. Yeah, I fight with my husband too sometimes. It's just like yeah. I, it's a great insight <laughs> into each of their characters. So I love that the most about this this episode. Uh, but there are certainly things not to like about this episode, and I'll just segue into the thing I didn't like. This is actually one of my probably least favorite episodes, just mm. because I, I I feel like it's it tries to be too serious, and after the first time I've seen it, you sort of uh, well uh, for a couple reasons. First, I think it tries. To be, you're right, Jacob. It tries to be alien, and I feel like it's just you don't have enough time to build enough tension for it to be really purely like. Like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? I think it does a good job in the time it has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and second is that in the overall lore, Reavers aren't made this way. Like, if you go to yeah. the movie, they're, it's a completely different yeah. thing. And I'm not going to spoil the movie in case you're like watching along, building to the movie. Uh, but the way they, uh, they talk about how Reavers were sort of made in this episode where they got out to that, they got out to the nothing in space and became that nothing isn't how it works. So, uh, so that, that's a little disjointed in terms of the overall lore. I, mm. I don't think it is actually, because we're not hearing the truth in this about how the Reavers are made. You're it's hearing theories and legends as to where the mm. Reavers come from. Yeah. But even Mal doesn't know anything about the Reavers any more than really we do. He's just got a little bit of extra. Well, he knows enough to recognize it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, enough to recognize it, but he doesn't know about the origins any more than we do. So he's just going off the stories he's told, the legends he's told. He's been told. I mean, no, I think Francisco's right. It's the writing. (laughs) What they explain in here about the lore of where the Reavers come from is not meant to be. This is where the Reavers come from. Well, it should be. It should be Drew. It should be that. Come on, stop wasting our time then. These lies. It's a TV show that was originally written to go more than just the thirteen episodes we got. It was. That's That's true. And true. What the move? Anyway. Yeah, the Sorry. movie is supposed to be like a whole season, essentially, a whole season arc. But right. Um, and that would have oh, explained it that. better. Yeah. But let's go to uh let's go to Drew. What's something you didn't like about this? Other than my opinions about Reavers. Oh, I'm just gonna give you a hard time, Francisco. Oh my gosh. It's fun. <laughs> because it's easy. But anyway, um it, like I said, I'm loyal to my fandoms and Star Trek is always my first love. <laughs> sure. And no. so there's a thing about that aesthetic I am going to prefer in general. Yeah, okay. But mm-hmm. here, I I just want to point out that even though I, I know the reasoning why they don't use sound in the space scenes mm-hmm. or anything, because, you know, you don't have sounded space. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not enough enough material in, in, for the in, sound to reverberate. In exactly. Those space, no one can hear you complain about this shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I get that since we're out far away from the sun that it makes sense that there's not a whole lot of light here to bounce off of yes exactly shift. 
Exactly. I understand that. Yes. What I don't like is the fact that those two things uh-huh. coupled with the fact that the CG that they use for this ship, mm-hmm. for, for the ships in the in the mm-hmm. series, does not hold up very well. Mm-hmm. Just because the age, it holds up better than Babylon mm-hmm. Five. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm Babylon sure it's gonna Five! Get me, I'm sure it's going to get me a lot of people mad at me for that too. Mm-hmm. But not all me. Of that stuff, I agree with you. All of that stuff coupled together almost makes it feel unfinished. Oh, it's interesting. Just, this is my opinion. Yeah. Um. The the advantage that uh, Enterprise, which was the Star Trek series around the time this came out, Mm -hmm. has over this is since they were fully lighting it and they were having the sound, the difference in the CG, I felt, is a little more, there's a little more uh, give give to it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You kind of, it just, it it makes it feel more like it's real because every time we don't go to a space scene, and I'm not hearing sound effects matching up with the ship like I'm expecting it to. Uh-huh. I feel like there's something wrong with my set or there's something wrong with the DVD. It pulls me immediately out of it. And I have to remember, no, that is the artistic decision that they decide to go with to keep this more realistic and with, are you, what, with, with the physics of this. I, sure and not, I get that. You're not having PST. TV from the thief and the cobbler with it not being unfinished. <laughs> no, no, this is, okay. this is. I had a whole week between when I saw thief oh, and the cobbler okay. in this. Okay, so it uh, was just ripe for the picking. It's, 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 <laughs> the fact that it matched is, is purely convenience. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. in coincidence. Okay. Um, I lost Sorry. my train of thought. Sorry, <laughs> I threw you off. <laughs> no, it's just. The, the part that really threw me the most mm-hmm. is when, at the very beginning, when they dock with the, the ship. Yeah. And you see the booby trap uh-huh. come over and connect. I, at first, thought that looked like an, a, an octopus-type monster that was sure. just poorly animated. Yeah. Connecting to, and then I kind of let it go because, like, no, that's just the poor animation of the umbilical connecting in. That's just uh-huh. so that, you know... Because later on, like almost immediately after that, you see Serenity actually turn on the the power systems uh-huh. and get everything going. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming turn the air, the oxygen back on so they can take off their helmets uh-huh. and make my one of my favorite punked scenes and probably yes. recent television. Yes, watching. that was good. But <laughs> I it took it, it took until they actually said booby trap for me to realize, oh, that's not even supposed to be on the ship. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I could not tell that from the CG. There was nothing that it, this in the CG made it look so clunky. I wasn't even sure Reavers were what was coming up, mm-hmm. even though I knew Reavers existed. Yeah, I thought maybe we had some kind of weird octopus monster from deep space yeah. Yeah. that somehow latched onto the ship mm. and caused everyone yeah. to and somehow sucked everybody out of the ship. Uh, I, I Drew, had another story building in my mind until they explained what was going on. Drew, I think that's on purpose. I think it, it was kind of had. A, I was. I don't know. Maybe I had Cthulhu on the brain. I don't so know. Drew, obviously, if you had ran like the lore and been on like the browncoats.net, you would know that <laughs> this that Joss Whedon said that there's no aliens in this uh, space thing. So obviously, it wasn't that. So I don't know where you got okay. this whole octopus okay. thing from. I'm watching blind. <laughs> I know. I am intentionally watching this blind. Because I want to give this show the best it I can give Reavers me were 20 aliens. years later. No, they're not. Mm. And so I don't That's even care about there no. not being any aliens. In fact, I would be wouldn't be surprised if 
like if this show had gone on to a point where Joss Whedon left the show to go work on, I don't know, what was his next show? Dollhouse? Dollhouse, mm-hmm. yes. If if then somebody else came in, took over the show and said, okay, now we're going to have bug aliens come in and they're going to be happy. And they're we're, they're going to they're gonna make first contact. I can see this happening. All right. And, and we're going to ha- introduce three songs and we're going to have Ferris uh, Bueller do the voiceover. Yes. New animation the whole bit yes. and make this more like Aladdin. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't gosh. know how many times I was watching this half ex- watching uh, Thief and the Gobbler expecting. When's he gonna say that's a lot of fish? <laughs> Where's that from? I don't get that's it. From God- that's from Godzilla. That's from Godzilla. Okay. Oh, oh because Matthew Broderick says it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like, uh, now I'm making the connection. Like, oh my gosh. Anyway. anyway. Oh my god. Would you like a game anyway what's on. the thing you had the most about this episode um i first i didn't like i don't like the commanding people not acting like commanding people i understand in case okay in the case of mal at first going aboard the the ship with with his um first commander whatever she is exo her exo uh, his exo yeah yeah I, I understand okay it's a it's a tight crew Look, you learn from Star Trek never to to beam down the captain to the planet, you know. <laughs> yeah. Someone tell but, that to Captain Kirk. Right. <laughs> but I understand it's a small crew, so I let that go. Sure. But what really bugged me is the um from the is it the Alliance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Alliance, the main guy over the the station, or is he just uh I think he's over the is, station. Is he an interrogator? <laughs> okay. Why is the main guy interrogating? That's and why is the main guy going to on the away mission to clean up the ship? It wouldn't happen that way. Yeah, that's all, a good point. Yeah, this, I agree. yeah, especially agree. for this by the book. Right. Officer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. On his first exactly. Tour, uh, on so his, all on the decisions flying office block for them to get out of that situation would never happen because they would never run into the the main guy to change his mind like it it's it, fair it, yeah. it, it bugged me life does not work that way sorry joss <laughs> very that's a excellent point paul i never would have really thought about that but you're i think you're absolutely right just a touch too comic booky. um yeah, yeah. uh Jacob, that leaves you. What was the thing you had most about this episode? Uh, mine would be the Mal's explanation of why the guy is turned into or has morphed himself into a reaver. Hmm. It's like the he starts explaining. It's like they they start describing. Be like, oh, he cut his tongue. Be like, how Garrett? How be like, you're so savage. Mm-hmm. Like, no, be like, he's 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 trying to make himself into a reaver because he he experienced so much trauma that's mm-hmm. the only thing he knows how to do and i'm like that's not how trauma works right no and that's just, exactly it, how all, trauma works it, you relive it's it in this episode it's, <laughs> almost, <laughs> hey, it's almost like that's not how reavers work at all oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly 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 oh my gosh maybe it was thought out i don't know i don't no. know maybe even had it figured maybe. out at this point yeah, but came from. yeah, but sim- simply going off his logic that, like a someone who is a victim who is uh, being forced to do, being forced to watch something, uh-huh. and that somehow, and unless you're dealing with uh, someone who's been conditioned for 
years and years and years and years they become that mm-hmm. but over the span of like two days i don't know how long the rivers had been on that ship uh be like jacob they're next to a black hole so time works differently so that it was like it was years <laughs> and years yeah that, i did that not works. realize this was interstellar yeah yeah it, it was you, you, you i didn't, didn't know no that? one had anything to do with firefly <laughs> they both don't have sound in space it's obvious well, that's just a stylistic choice, <laughs> right? Anyway, okay, that that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Mm, uh, that yeah. over just only a couple days, yeah, I could see that that would be. I mean, we didn't really know how long it was, but yeah, that's a fair point. But yeah, to, to turn a guy that we don't know what he was like before mm-hmm. into a raving mad serial killer, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then just like, oh, that be like, oh, he's all, he's doing the only thing he knows how to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that made. The, the the jump in logic was more like, okay, okay. I, I know, I know, I know. You want to make a villain for this, but or an actual physical villain there. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna go with, and this is just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't think the explanation of how Reverse came, where he was even even if even if he had come up with this, if he had already made the other decision or not mm-hmm. about what when he explained how Reverse were made in the movie, mm-hmm. I think he was just saying yeah this guy has gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah we don't know how long he's been there he could be hungry and starving for all we know mm-hmm. uh but it's that's just like, true we don't know how long what what kind of stuff this guy went through yeah. that is true exactly. we only have speculation so yeah he may have gone through this huge war machine that just just was falling apart all around him and he was <laughs> yeah. the only way to survive it was to go for these golden or wait i'm getting confused sorry uh yeah. let's <laughs> move on to our favorite character in this episode uh for me i think i just really enjoyed mal and how he sort of kept calm he knew i liked even though it's it's a bit uh deus ex machina i knew i love that he sort of knew there's probably gonna be a trap he sort of mm-hmm. knew the things that were coming. He knew how to keep calm and all that tension. So I, I just enjoy that. Oh, you like know-it-alls, huh? Yeah, exactly, Paul. That's it. No, but just right. his 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 ability to think through all these all these tensions that were happening. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's. Paul what was your who is your what character did you gravitate to, or was your favorite? Well, the one that I I actually had like a a. The one that I appreciated the most mm-hmm. was actually Mal, the captain, mm-hmm. in the fact that um, when he was dealing with the Alliance commander, mm-hmm. he kept speaking up and insisting where, like, if someone who follows the rules, mm-hmm. would, like, if somebody, if, if some, if, you know, the commanding officer says, no, you're being taken away, you know, they're like, fine, they just go with it. Mm-hmm. But he was like insistent, like, no, you don't know what you're doing. And like, yeah. and it really impressed me that, you know, um, he was able to change the course and actually get out with still following the rules, mm-hmm. but he spoke up about it. He was respectful, but you know, he, he made his point. And it's something that I think I need to uh, do in my own life more, mm. just speak up a little more. And mm-hmm. especially when I know things are not going the way I think they that is best, yeah. but do it in a respectful way. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that was a, a good lesson in this episode. Awesome. For me. How about you, Drew? I'm convinced that any episode in which Kaylee has a major role will continually be my, she'll continually be my favorite <laughs> yes. character in the Kaylee episodes. Rocks. Yes. 
if for no other reason than how cute and adorable she yes, is that is about true. every single movement yes on this I, I may have a small crush yes <laughs> she she you know what i will admit kaylee was a crush of mine as well when i watched I, absolutely I, and, and while I, I she does she is like the brightest shining spot on here i also liked uh i keep wanting to say river song but that's doctor who uh, <laughs> river 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 is yeah. the name that comes is is also interesting in this because you can tell she knows what's going on but no one's paying attention to her she yeah. doesn't know what's going on but she has a lot better idea about what's going on than anybody mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. and, and she's having to deal with her own trauma and, to and it's else going, on. Yeah. going through what the mystery of what actually happened to her back at the academy since it obviously has given her some sort of psychic spiritual powers at least yep. as far yep. as this movie mm -hmm. this episode's concerned yeah exactly but yeah Kaylee and River kind of have a tie in this one. Okay. For me. Very cool. How about you, Jacob? I will go with uh more the odd the odd character, more Simon. Mm. Simon mm. is the He was the, gonna be mine, yeah. <laughs> no, Simon was the uh he's the devoted brother of River who loves his sister so much that he's willing to give up everything in order to save her, you know, bring her out of the institution to go on the run, to go on the run with her. To make sure she's safe, that the alliance doesn't get her again, and he willingly sacrifices everything. And throughout this episode, he's he's constantly saying, "Be like, like, be like I feel like I'm doing nothing." And mm -hmm. it's like, no, you're actually doing these great things. You're sacrificing everything for your sister, and I, I, I find that very very appealing as a character. Yeah, it's like totally. this character who's who's willing to give up everything in order to secure uh, a sibling or a loved one's uh, safety. And that's mm -hmm. really that's a very enduring trait of a character, and I really dig that of the character. Absolutely, yep. yes, awesome guys. Well, given uh, if we we're to just base it on this episode, would we want to continue watching the series uh, going forward? Uh, for me, this is one of the ones where I'm like, I probably would just because I like all these characters, but this story wouldn't really invest me so much. I, I, I same. I feel the exact same way. Oh yeah, yeah. barely. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but how about you, uh, Jacob? Oh, let's start with Jacob first. Well, with everything said and done, and the the constant bombardment from family and friends, like you have to watch this. This is the greatest show ever. I'd say no. Just skip it completely. All right. No, I'm completely. Just, no, oh, no, I'm like I'm, okay. That's no, out of no, left no, field. No, no, no. But, I, I, no, no, no. The I, I would I am definitely going to continue watching this. Uh, this awesome. is giving me inspiration to continue watching it, and finally get around to finally watching the end of this series, which is sadly cut cut short. Mm -hmm. But uh, to finally say to my family and friends, "Hey, I finally continued finished Firefly." <laughs> well, they're gonna say they're gonna say, "Well, it's about darn time, Jacob." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, okay, and uh, Drew. This is a different episode from the other two, and I will admit I'm usually not much of a horror guy in general, mm -hmm. even though, and this is very much a horror-inspired episode. Yes. Which make, which on one hand, I kind of thought brought it down for me to some degree. Oh, okay. But just because I'm not a fan of horror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's episodes yeah. of Star Trek that yeah. have the same issue. I'm, I'm just way. putting that out there, but I am 
very much interested in continuing this uh the series just because i am curious where it's going to go this has pushed enough of the mystery with river uh to yes. make me wonder what's mm-hmm. to, absolutely and i'll admit i know i watched serenity in theaters uh-huh. but i only saw it the one time oh. i don't remember how oh, cool. okay. about the movie other oh, than yes. i know they disguised the ship as reaver they disguised serenity as a reaver ship yes. for a while. Yes. that's <laughs> all i remember but uh yeah, I I am interested in seeing where this goes. Mm, and awesome. I will continue watching it as y'all go through it. Awesome. Nice. Well, it sounds like we're all in agreement to probably keep watching with some slight hesitation. But I mean, you. it's far better than Young Indiana Jones. Hey, here, here. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Jacob, Drew, and Paul, for being a part of this review of uh, Firefly. Until next time, stay shiny, people. Don't let the space bugs bite.